Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. And today we are talking with Fatty Bags and Shreddy, core members of Olympus DAO. We talk about Olympus DAO and decentralized reserve currencies. We also dive deep into a discussion about what is a DAO, vetting contributors, and finding alignment in a DAO. I will warn you, there's a lot of excitement and passion in this episode, so there is some cursing. Without further ado, let's get started. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you. That was super warm. Uh, Definitely want to say that uh, we are grateful and humbled to be up here and chopping it up with you. Uh, this <clears throat> check was a lot of fun. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. When you can have fun with the sound check, you know everything else is going to turn out wonderful. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit long-winded uh, of an individual at times, so I will try to be cognizant of that. Uh, but I'll give you a little background um, kind of as to who I am and, and the interesting upbringing that I had and kind of what led me here, if that works for you. Wonderful. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'd say back in 2014, I, I think it was 2014. It's been so long now. I got into crypto with uh, several of my buddies and it was Bitcoin at the time. And uh, we were mining. Um, I think it was around that time we started mining. And you'd walk into uh, my buddy Shane's apartment and the damn thing was like 300 degrees. Uh, it was, we had milk crates set up with GPUs and uh, they're like, dude, you got it fatty you got to get into this crypto shit and i'm going crypto like you know what the hell is this it's like a virtual coin okay i guess i'll put a little bit of cash into it or we can try to do this so we got into it uh you know we started stacking some some btc and then um i think you know i think it was one of the the first rugs correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure there's some people out there like nope i got rugged before this uh but mount gox screwed us and we lost Mm. everything um so after that point in time uh, we kind of took a, I took a breather. I was like, I'm not going to mess with this shit anymore. We put a ton of time into it. Uh, and now it's all gone. There's no real explanation of what's happening. Uh, so I took a break. Um, that led me into commercial cannabis uh, consultation for large facilities uh, all up and down the West Coast. So that was kind of like my first passion was uh was was cannabis was working with the plant and the, and the medicine for for the people so uh, i did a lot of consultation for multi-million dollar facilities uh throughout the entire west coast to help these guys get up and off the ground uh without failing it's a very hard i mean farming's hard any way you look at it so for me it was like okay how do we how do we help these guys not fail um so i got into that for a long time and uh you know still consult on and off um, and, and just kind of dealt with life and built a couple companies, had a couple companies fail, had a couple uh, companies, uh, succeed. Um, but I never got off the horse. That's the one thing that I'd love to share with, with the entire crypto world is like, no matter how many times you fail, like you got to get back up on the horse. You're only, uh, as big a failure, uh, if, if, when you give up is when you truly fail is what I'm trying to get at. So don't give up. Um, so, you know, let's, let's, let's fast forward a little bit to last year, around a year ago, I want to say it was. Um, I had a buddy in Canada that was like, oh, you got to check out, um, you got to check out Ohm. It's, it's this, it's Olympus is this crazy thing going on. There's a super high APY at the time. Um, you know, put this in, you can make some bucks. So to me, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's see. I, I guess I can get back into crypto. My buddy's making money. Um, let's do it. So, you know, I hop into to Olympus and at the time the, uh, the main channel was, um, it was OT, which is off topic. And, and some of you guys might know it here and I'm sure some of the listeners will know too. OT was an infinite, an infamous shit show, uh, of just like super brilliant people and like, but also super degenerate uh, content. <laughs> it was. It felt like I don't even know how to how to put it. It was just an absolute shit show, but it was amazing, and you felt like you were at home. Um, so 
with OT, within OT, I started to, you know, communicate. And obviously I was a little shy. I was like, okay, we're in this thing. And like, people are super big brained. I don't have a super huge grasp on DeFi uh, as a whole at this point in time. So, you know, where do I fit in? And like, how do I not appear to be just like this random newbie and whatnot? And I wouldn't say I was a super noob at the time, but I definitely didn't have a grasp of what was going on like some of these other guys, especially the people who are creating the protocols and doing all of that. So what I did have uh, was a lifetime of marketing experience, um, you know, a good attitude and, and a couple different talents that I could bring to the table that maybe would, would uh, you know, highlight me within this protocol and maybe find my way, uh, you know, into it. So I, uh, I wrote up a, a rather large document, a marketing proposal early on uh, before the DAO was constructed. This is this is right after the ICO, I believe. Uh, so I missed out by like a month or two on that. So this was and this was before the DAO's uh, creation as well. So I wrote out this document. Uh, everybody, you know, took took a look at it and go, wow, this kind of aligns with what we're thinking. And a lot of it was based around, you know, uh, certain demographics and, and personas, how we would market it to people who are new to the space, and then how would we do that as well to the veterans. Um, so it was just a long, lengthy document that really broke down psychology and these other aspects as well. Um, it was well-received, and they said, hey, dude, would you like to hop in here and uh, potentially uh, lead the marketing team? Like, I think we could use your abilities. I said, sure. Shit, this is a perfect, you know, door in. Um, fast forward six months, and we're We've gone from, you know, millions to billions at, at one point in time, and uh, a lot of the uh, aspects that I highlighted in the in the original marketing proposal uh, came true, and they were they were spot on, which was solid. That felt good to be validated in that that regard because it's a new space. You don't really know how uh, people are going to re react. You also don't really know the the regulations that. Um, surround this space as well. You have to be careful. There's certain things that you can and cannot do in traditional marketing. Uh, you might be able to do certain things. And then in, in DeFi, you have to be careful. Um, it, there's, so there's all these little subtle nuances and some not so subtle that you have to abide by. Um, so really to not go super, you know, too deep into the long-windedness, had a, had a really interesting childhood that always kept me glued into computers and technology uh, that really translated well into now where we're at uh, with Olympus. And, uh, you know, it's been an exciting journey. There's been a lot of really wonderful highs and really horrible lows. Um, but the one thing that I tell everybody is that it's super important to remember that everyone in this space, regardless of what project they've worked for, um, we're all human. And like, we're all trying to figure this out together. And so for me, I always preach the ethos and the vibe of take care of your fellow human. We're on this big marble, this big blue marble together. <laughs> it's a very small marble in, in the, the vast expansion of space. And, and we got to look out for each other. Um, you know, some people are going to disagree that some alignments are not going to work out. But at the end of the day, it's like we're here to build each other up. So hopefully that wasn't super, super long winded. It's a little bit about me. Um, but thanks, Humpty, for, for allowing me to intro out like that. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And thank you so much for, you know, adding so much uh, context to the story. I mean, I'll start, all right, not start, but I'll, I'll add that um, on Crypto Sapiens, the aim is to tell the story from the lens of the person who is building in this space. So hopefully the people that are listening are... They, they find some alignment through that story and they go, oh, I identify with that story. That's me too. And that is hopefully how we start to make this space a little less scary, a little more familiar yes. and onboarding more people through these stories. So I really appreciate the context. I'm never going to be one to tell you you're, you're, you're adding too much flavor to that story. So that was <laughs> Love it. incredible. Thank you, Humpty, man. So the Thank bar you. has been set incredibly high. Shreddy. <laughs> Give us an introduction yeah. to who you are. <laughs> I, I I just got to give it up to Fatty for just being just an all around one of my favorite humans that I've met. Um, not that you meet any very many animals in uh, in crypto, but uh, <laughs> you meet a few, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but one of my favorite people that I've worked with in the DAO and just an all around stand up guy. Um, and and I find a, a lot of uh, parallel, you know, not maybe not so much in the in the context but maybe in the in the uh the ethos of what what that's that's a theme for today huh ethos mm -hmm. um of of what you know fatty 
you know, has, has, has come from and believes. And so I came into the space probably around 2015, uh, back when Bitcoin was used primarily as a means for acquiring things on the internet. Not, not probably not, you know, not what you're thinking of. Um, at the time it was, (laughs) I think it was for like fake IDs or something like that for some of my younger friends. And, you know, you look back, I think everybody has that Bitcoin pizza story, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you have a bunch of things that are worth so much more today, but at the time you were like, oh, well, I'll use it on this. Cause I don't know if it's going to be around for, for that much longer. So that was like my first foray into crypto. Um, you know, I, I, then after that, I, I had held some Ethereum for a while Nothing, nothing that would, uh, you know, that would make me uh, a a whale at this point. But it it was it was just something that I always held and kept and believed in from a young age. Um, and I think Fatty touched on it a little bit. Like he said that it all kind of starts from like, you know, internet exposure when you're young. I think coming from a world of video games and you know, online interactions, it just made sense. So I was like, this has got to be part of the future. Um, I worked in the music industry and the entertainment industry for a while uh, at a college. And that was great. And it's still my passion. I'm I'm a musician. I've been a musician for forever since I was a little kid. And that's kind of like part of my, my core being. Um, But kind of same way as fatty someone one of my friends who actually worked in the dow in the policy team um introduced me and was like man you know we were we used to be into to um ethereum and and bitcoin but this this olympus stuff is is something special so i i got involved um i started by i actually just started by pitching myself to agora which is one of our one of our like uh, projects, which mm-hmm. handles a lot of our media. And so I started doing a little bit of work for them. Kind of, it, we we're doing these sound bank events, um, which are a mix between interview and, and music, which was right up my alley. But that kind of snowballed into me accepting more and more responsibility and, and Fatty Bags kind of taking me under his wing in marketing. Uh, and then I just started to branch out to different parts of the DAO and was able to help out wherever needed and you know now i take care of a lot of the uh the policy marketing and the the marketing about about uh you know reserves and and everything you know i draw a lot of parallels actually to uh artists in the music industry and Mm -hmm. like and DeFi, i guess marketing um they're actually like way more similar than you would think so the translation made a lot of sense for me um and works really well uh i can't i I, you know i i I won't do as good a job as as fatty um on the on the you know on the bringing it all home but but yeah i mean web3 and and crypto and olympus especially has just been like a second family to me so i'm super grateful well i think i mentioned earlier sorry fatty bags you wanted to add something Oh, no. And I, I just wanted to say that Shreddy's being humble. The guy's got a massive brain. And that's like, I wanted to preface the fact that he's up here with me, too, because he does handle uh, so much of the policy and, and uh, helps shape uh, that whole uh, realm as well. So he really big brained and, and super grateful to have you up here with me, Shred. So, you know, the one thing that I'm getting so far, and I think I mentioned this before we started recording, was if Olympus Dow is half as amazing as the energy that you two bring to the discussion and to any conversation that we've had in the past, it's a it's a pretty damn cool project, right? So you and, and Shreddy just mentioned now that it is like a second family. So let's go and explore Olympus Dow a little bit, maybe what without necessarily getting too deep into the technology of it, but really kind of its intent. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, it's an interesting thing. I think we'll tag team it is like the best way mm-hmm. to put it because there's 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 you know points that both of us can pull from. I think the I want to touch on if you don't mind, Humpty, I'd love to touch on why it feels like family mm-hmm. and kind of the 
and because I was an early member, um, I got to really see the DAO. I helped build the DAO with the team, right? So in this industry, shit moves at a trillion miles an hour. Yesterday feels like a week or a month. Um, and to be able to, to see that growth and to build that out with a team and to, and to hit speed bumps and to, to run into all of these uh, minor issues or major issues and then be able to, to solve those, I thought that was really fascinating. So, um, yes, I, I, let, let's address some of what you just said, Humpty, and then I'm going to pass them over to Shreddy about, uh, you know, policy and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, in the, the early days, uh, you know, the, the goal and still the goal till this day is, uh, you know, the, the DeFi, it's, it's the reserve currency of DeFi. Um, and that's something that's never changed. Um, the, the beauty of the DAO itself when it came to life is that we saw the need um, to fill so many big pairs of shoes and the realization that the core or the individuals at the helm at the time uh, could not fill all of those shoes, could not possibly do it. Uh, that is where um, this growth and development of the DAO uh, you know, came into the picture. It was uh, early on, I believe, Zeus and a couple of the other guys said, hey, you know, what do you guys think about a DAO? You know, what, 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 what do you think that we need to do to take this to the next level? Because there's a lot of brilliant minds here and, and we need to figure that out. So I think everyone was on board uh, right off the rip. We were going, throw it together. Let's, let's figure out how we can build this thing out. How can we, you know, how can we come up with ideas and innovations that are going to help shape or change the DeFi and crypto, uh, you know, uh, space as a whole. Um, so that was kind of the thought behind the DAO in the beginning. Now, the creation of the DAO, and this is something I love. I really want to write a freaking book about it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, creating a DAO is not only psychologically taxing and takes a lot to, uh, to understand and to set up in a way that's efficient, um, but it's also a lot of freaking fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a side to it that you know you have to you have to figure out a lot of these things and get them set up and in place and and you have to work through the speed bumps like i said but at the same time you're building with like this freaking group of people on the forefront of something so innovative and exciting that it's completely natural to become a family so touching on on the family point Mm Humpty, that that you had made it's like how does this shit how do we all not know each other but yet we still love each other in one way shape or form Mm -hmm. um and i think that with the creation of the DAO, that helped forge those relationships. So what we saw is, okay, so we need operational, uh, you know, we have operational needs that need to be taken care of. We have marketing needs that need to be taken care of. So in my case, I spearheaded the marketing side of that. And from there, I was able to bring in other individuals who saw OM and were bag holders themselves or investors in general. And uh, when these people come in, what you're doing is you're looking for uh, the unicorns, right? There's there's a trillion people who who want to be part of DeFi, and I'd say there's a handful of those people. I, I'd give it more than a handful. The filter into DeFi is rather thick. Like to get here, everyone in this room, you have to be intelligent. So you guys are all very smart individuals. Now, uh, whether that translates into working with a group of other individuals or not, I can't say. That's the unicorn aspect of vetting people when they join a DAO. Mm-hmm. Um, so. As as you know, as these people start to come in, you start to identify these unicorns, and you say, "Hey, you know, I see that you have a strength." And as the team lead here, I would love to have you handle this part of uh, or this aspect of whatever we're doing. And and by having them do that, you give them a little bit of room to work and wiggle. And as they progress, it's a proof of a proof of work in that sense, or you know, even a, a proof of trust because you're saying, "Hey, look, here's." A, a task and here's some tasks that you need to execute on. If you execute on them well, or you go above and beyond, then you're obviously kicking ass and you want to be here. So those individuals like Shreddy and like so many more of the guys that have come before Shreddy, uh, they put in the work and they came in, they busted their ass and they were driven because they love the idea. They love the innovation. They love being on the forefront of DeFi. Um, so identifying those characters and then befriending them, nurturing them, taking care of them, uh, incubating talent is huge. And as you do that, you start to forge these, uh, reinforce these relationships with people within the DAO. And then before you know it, you're six months down the road and you're surrounded by a family of individuals, mm-hmm. which is mind boggling. Because at, at, in, in the beginning, maybe I didn't know the core very well, but after you know three, four months, I start to understand where they're coming from, why they think this way. And, and, and we interact all the time. We become friends. So um, 
I know that was kind of bouncing around from a lot of different stuff. So I totally apologize for that, Humpty. No, um, not at all. I, I take notes I, and I'm checking awesome. off what I want to come back to. So don't worry about oh, that. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. I love it. And, you know, I just, I really wanted to touch on that family aspect mm-hmm. because like, again, it's, I've worked in, I've worked in corporate America personally between you and everybody else listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've done the corporate drag. I've, I've had a lot of fun and I learned a lot in that realm. And there are certain aspects that have been tried and true through, through, uh, you know, corporations that make sense. And some of that has been, uh, imported, if you will, into the DeFi space into DAO. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there, but when you get into a DAO and you start working, it's a very unique experience and it takes, uh, it takes a, a really creative mind to make it work because it can become herding cats overnight very easily, or it can be a fine, well-defined surgical process. And that's something that we, we were striving and still are perfecting till this day with Olympus is streamlining how DAOs operate and how you, how you should interface with people that are contributing to the DAO and, and how do you take care of those people and make them actually part of the family, not feel like family, but part of the family. So um, long-winded, Again, apologize, but Shred, is there anything you want to add or Humpy, you want to follow up uh, with some questions there that I can toss to Shred that maybe I missed? No, no, no. I'd love to hear from Shreddy in terms of the policy side, because I think you've done a good job at kind of framing the story yeah. and kind of the way that you engage the community and kind of the process of not just how you build the DAO, but also the intentionality behind that process. So yeah, in terms of policy, I'd be curious, you know, how that informs the way that the community has been built out and and the protocol as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, my main thing that I think is misunderstood about Olympus is, and, you know, I do a lot of marketing, messaging, and branding for the DAO. Something that I hear a lot is that people think, oh, project, especially in, in the market we're in now, and maybe we can touch upon that later, but... They're like, oh, there's this this DAO with this huge treasury. How do they support me? Well, every decision that we make, because we are trying to become as decentralized and autonomous as possible through like, you know, the the definition of of DAO, um, has to do with bettering the community in some way, whether that be in like short term, medium term, or long term. So every, you know, when, when we say, for example, like, uh, we took in, let's say for, for example, like last month we did 19 million in bond sales. Well, people will ask, you know, what does that 19 million in bond sales do for me? Why, why would you enact that? Right? Like what, and, and when that revenue comes in, how do I see it? And the way that we see it is that that money Sorry, I'm not supposed to call it money. That software software uh, investment mm-hmm. is is backing the the intrinsic value of each token that you hold. And um, not a good example because right now our website is whacked and it says that uh, every ohm token is worth like thirty one billion dollars. Um, I don't know something with the front end went went haywire last night, but. Um, you know, if you have this, if if we're able to make revenue, the treasury, people think the treasury just goes to line our pockets. That's not true. Like every month when we pay contributors, we actually pay by minting new ohm. We don't pay by, um, by uh, you know, just taking that treasury money that we make and paying it out. Um, so, you know, I think when my main point is like when we make policy decisions, when we make, you know, marketing messages or anything Mm -hmm. it's community first and and only for the benefit of the community because we're also we are all community members and holders ourselves like Mm -hmm. we're down in the trenches i'm i'm in off topic every day checking up on people and you know and and in all the other channels so yes that's really where we come from thank you um so you know actually let's pretend that i uh, don't know much about Olympus DAO, uh, Ohm. You mentioned having a pretty diverse treasury. Can mm-hmm. you explain that uh, briefly uh, in terms of how, first of all, how that works and how you're onboarding new projects uh, and the mm-hmm. intention behind the diversification of that treasury? 
Absolutely. Um, so, you know, first off, uh, the treasury is there to back the protocol, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ohm's original message was one die backs one Ohm. Now we've kind of gone into another realm of that where we have a risk-free value that's quite quite a bit higher than than one dollar. Right now it's about twenty it's about twenty dollars risk-free value. So you could you could always think that you're you could think of it like it's hard coded to have one dollar, but really it's soft coded. Like we would we would make an exchange for the treasury for a risk-free value and everybody would would have enough, right? Um uh the way that you want to think about the treasury is it is a a way that we can generate revenue to mm-hmm. provide yield, but also that grows ohm as a circulation in circulation, right? Mm-hmm. Because the point of of a currency, uh, as of a reserve currency, is to have enough mm-hmm. circulating to be able to be used as money. Um, and that is that's something that's really difficult to solve when you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. But you know, I would just always say that. Uh, you know, when you think about just, just you can draw a corollary to the to the United States government, right? Mm-hmm. So the Fed, Fed has in circulation, I don't know, multiple trillions of dollars of bills, whatever it is, hundreds of billions, five hundreds of billions, something like that. You know, it for Ohm to be a currency, we need to increase our circulation to uh, increase our 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 use as money. And then we have to have a big treasury to be able to do that because we're backing every ohm that we create with at least hard-coded one dollar. So bigger treasury means bit better circulation means more of a reserve currency. Why DAOs? Because at least from my perspective, it seems like mm-hmm. there is a big opportunity and there has been a lot of uh, adoption through DAOs uh DAO tokens uh in the in the uh, Olympus DAO treasury. Is mm-hmm. is that accurate? And and I guess the, the the follow-up question would be why uh was there a a a focus on uh providing that service, if you will, to DAOs? Um I guess I'll take that in two parts. Mm-hmm. And the, the first part is um greater utility. Mm. So you'll you know we can't just we can't just be we can't just say that we're a reserve currency and then become one. Mm-hmm. Um, what we realized uh, quite a ways through the struggle up the mountain was that we were going to have to create an economy. And the only way we were going to be able to do that was to partner with DAOs mm-hmm. to have them hold our token in their in their treasury, and in turn, we would hold their tokens in ours. And mm-hmm. so that's why when you you know when you look at the breakdown of the Olympus treasury, You'll see Klima in there. You'll see Redacted in there. You'll see, you know, a bunch of our other partners. A lot of Dai, so makers in there. Um, and then I would, I, so I, that would, that would be part of the utility. And then we can get into further later, maybe like specifically what those other protocols can help us do in our economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would also say, uh, you know. I would also say that there is a lot to be said for I actually want to expand. I want to sure, backtrack yeah, and, and go go back to to I want to finish the point uh, that I was just talking about. So with the utility, um there's also a lot of questions around like why would why would a reserve currency need an incubator program mm-hmm. or a grants program, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that's that's another question that comes up a lot. Um, and again, it comes back to the same idea that, you know, through building out an economy, we can further increase the utility of Ohm. And like one of one of the greatest examples, I think, it, right now, in my eyes, is um, this project called Mover. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of it yet, but uh, essentially what it is, is it is a debit card that zaps your tokens and then transfers that onto this mover card that you mm-hmm. can use at the groceries. You could you could right now, you can't do it in the US, but in other countries, you could load up a debit card with Ohm, 
bring bring that to the grocery store and buy an apple with it that in and of itself mm-hmm. is like the is is moving us so much more forward you know than, than where we were a while ago right um now on the case of of dow and why dow and maybe like why dow for olympus right mm-hmm. because you could probably do this with another entity long term I would say that the goal of Olympus is to be able to just switch on a series of smart contracts that are really well written, very secure, very efficient, and just have them basically run the protocol with very few hands mm-hmm. that touch that touch the contracts, right? And maybe there's there's other soft things we need, marketing, partnerships, et cetera. Yes, you know. But in terms of policy and 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 that sort of thing. Um, I think it would be, you know, in our best interest in the future at, to fulfill being like fully autonomous. And that's why I think like DAO is is the way that that we've chosen for our model. Yeah. I mean, I think to your point in terms of building a DAO, and I think it was either you or uh, Fatty Bags who was alluding to that earlier, in terms of how you build that community around a project and really kind of trying to drive some in- intentionality to that as well. Uh, so that you're, you know, building along the, uh, uh, with the support of the community, but also, I guess, being also able to have some sort of uh, temperature check into how the community is responding to something. What are some of the, you know, needs and uh, uh, maybe emerging trends within the space that uh, require, you know, further exploration that, you know, I think a project, if they are limited in resources themselves, may not be able to uh, do for themselves. But also from that more global perspective of that community, I think that uh, those are many reasons why uh, DAOs, in my opinion, work. Uh, And just, I I think maybe also uh, that is maybe one of the reasons in in terms of why Olympus uh, chose to, to DAOify, if you will. You you really uh, nailed it, Humpty. As far as you know, right what there. you just said yeah. too. I think there's so much uh, there's there's so much to be said about the inclusion of the community mm-hmm. and building within, around, uh, and just in conjecture with the community. Like having that as part of what you're doing um, is really a magical thing that you can't really say that. Uh, is done anywhere else outside of Dallas, really. I mean, sure, somebody's probably going to listen to this recording and be like, oh, that is wrong. But <laughs> it really, the experience itself is incredible to to serve the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the goal of everybody in the mm-hmm. DAO. At the end of the day, is like, we are here to serve the community, period. Yeah. We work for the community. Um, that's, a, that's a really magical thing. And then for the community to have a pulse on what's going on at their fingertips mm-hmm. uh and mostly sometimes it's it's in weekly cadences in the form of community calls or you know that kind of communication uh that's a really powerful thing too uh so i just wanted to highlight those those aspects and agree with you 100 percent. i think it's a very unique uh experience that we're all we're all getting to uh, take part of one of the things that I personally love about DAOs is the diversity of them. I think that Absolutely. there are so many different use cases, many of which we certainly have yet to explore. You know, what are some of those things that you have seen within your own DAO that you would think are unique or maybe at least within the space that you operate are unique? And how have you seen, at least from the very beginning when the DAO first was established through today, uh, having, having it evolve. I can take this one. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, so to kind of answer your, or to, to kind of speak to your question from the beginning, it's bare bones. Mm-hmm. You know, you start a DAO, uh, you, you find the shoes that need filling and you fill those shoes and whether in our case, we kind of came up with this, uh, system where the strategos, are the uh, you know quote unquote project leads or the directors of their their uh, department quote unquote please don't shoot me for using these terms mm-hmm. um, but yeah so we wanted to kind of pull away from the corporate uh, you know mouse wheel and and we mm-hmm. thought about okay like what's a way that we can brand this and make it unique to ourselves so strategos are kind of this this uh, these leads that make you know they help direct the teams so. That was our first our step was getting these people uh, in, in a position. And then we had to figure out, OK, how do we set this up from an operational standpoint that makes sense, is fluid and then also surgical and execution, which is 
it, I mean, you're basically building a fucking company from the ground, the ground up, and then you're doing it all anonymously. And then on top of that, uh, you're, you're trying to figure out the, 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 the subtle nuances that need to change within that company to make sure it continues to, to work, uh, fluidly. So, um, in the beginning, bare bones, we figured out what we need, uh, and we got those people set up and in position, uh, to, to rock and roll. Um, on top of that, we then started to see, okay, so there's, there's quite a bit of interest that that's coming in around Olympus. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think of, uh, when you think of interest, you think of people that want to actually engage, join in, be part of, uh, and, and contribute. Now, not everyone, like I said before, is, is a valuable contributor. No offense to those that have fallen. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, there has to be uh, a vetting or a gating, uh, it, just like any company or, or any kind of organization or, uh, you know, autonomous organization in this case, um, where you actually have to see, okay, are these, are these guys going to bring value, a value to the actual, uh, the product that we're trying uh, to, to, to put out here, or in our case, becoming the reserve uh, currency of DeFi. So mm -hmm. When you when you think about it like that, you go, okay, how do we vet these people? Like, how do we like these people are all anonymous shit? I could be talking to a, a freaking Microsoft CEO for all I know. And in a lot of cases, this is just a heads up to be people in this space. A lot of cases, you are you are speaking to professionals yeah. in their field, leaders mm -hmm. a lot of the times, because the big brains are here, uh, and and it's it's innovative and it's something that's new. And for anybody that's that's leading their uh, their realm, this is exciting. Shit gets mundane when you're the best of the best at things. I'm not saying I am by any means, but there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are top tier, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's fun to find the next big thing. So, uh, I digress. When when you when you get to vetting people, you have to be very careful how you handle things. Mm -hmm. People are not worker bees in the space. You do not treat people in DeFi as worker bees. They are intelligent individuals that you align with and you work alongside of. Mm -hmm. You never are this this supreme leader, totalitarian bullshit. It's none of that. It's we are equals. We are in this space. You bring genius to this space that maybe I do not, and I appreciate that, and I want to collaborate with that. So that was that was in the beginning one of the difficult things was figuring out how do we vet individuals coming in. You must treat them with respect, and then also how do they prove that they're valuable. Mm -hmm. So that kind of leads into the uh, the amount of time they've spent in the proof of work, quote unquote, that they've put in by actually donating time. A lot of these guys in the beginning of the Dow Humpty, and this kind of speaks to the early uh, creation. Uh, you know, I came in not expecting shit, bro. I came into the Dow and I was just freaking excited. I was like, let's fucking work, dude. Let's do this. So I'm grinding and I'm working my ass off to the point of where my girlfriend at the time was like, uh, you haven't come out of that room in like a fucking week <laughs> except to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. I'm just trying to do something big here. You know, just, you know, bear with me. It'll be all good. I and mean, sure enough, it was. But with that being said, uh, you know, it, I started with. I didn't want anything. I wasn't expecting anything. And I'd say 99% of people that join these DAOs, at least in the early days of Olympus, it, it, it would join without the expectation of getting paid. Mm -hmm. So then you're looking at someone for what are they actually contributing? How much time are they dedicating and donating? And that's an identifier where you go, oh, that dude means it. He's here on his own accord, busting his ass, and he fucking responds to every message that I that I send him. This dude's a keeper. He's a unicorn. All right. So that speaks to vetting. Um, definitely. And, and let me know, Humpty, if I'm going too long too. feel free to hop in here and be like, yo, fatty, let me, I got another question, please. It's like yeah, not a big it. deal. Um, cool. Uh, so yeah, that goes to like kind of the, the unique intricacies of vetting. And that was something that I uh, definitely had to, to learn as we evolved. And you never judge a book by its cover. Everyone should know that. Like some people are not very well-spoken and some people are introverts. And there's a lot of us out there that, that are, are, you know, we're different, but that doesn't make us less brilliant. Okay. So you, when, when approached by individuals in the DAO, I had to realize, okay, everyone is equal. Let's see how that goes. So we figured out vetting in a, in a sense that way, I, you know, I worked out processes in marketing on how to build these guys up and, and turn the teams uh, into to power teams where it's like, let's get people to spread their wings and spread their genius. Cause the real value is in the contributors of the DAO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not the DAO itself, mm -hmm. right? The DAO is a framework for people to work with together. Mm -hmm. uh, the real value is the people that you bring into the DAO and how you support those people and build them up. So that was 
one aspect, uh, Humpty, that uh, of you know early adoption, how we had to figure out how to work it. Uh, the other aspect is how do you communicate and, and increase optics, uh, cross-departmental optics, if you will, and how do you keep that communication from being muddied and remove the white noise or static? And that was another thing that was a, a major uh, hurdle, and it still is in a lot of DAOs, mm-hmm. is how do you keep communication clear and concise so that there's people aren't getting their fucking wires crossed, right? Um, so that was something that we had to learn and adopt. And that came in in different forms, whether it was regular cadences and stand-up meetings in the morning. I know some of these people listening are like, oh, stand-up, Ugh. like this is DeFi, <laughs> bro. There are certain, there are certain things that work. And believe me, in the beginning, I was like, fuck a stand-up, bro. I don't want to be doing stand-ups. It was, it was a suggestion uh, right. brought on by one of my buddies, J-Man. He's like, man, in my meet space, we're doing stand-ups. Let's try to rock it out in DeFi. It's not something people are doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're still doing stand-ups till this day, just to give you guys an idea. And, mm-hmm. and the reason is because it allows for the teams to, to really mesh and to stay on the same page. And it builds camaraderie, mm-hmm. which speaks to the next point is like DAOs are nothing unless you guys are working together and you're really looking out for one another. And also the, the main intention being to take care of your community. So those were just a couple of key points, something I don't want to go too crazy, but um, yeah, those were some of the things that I saw as the DAO evolved. And of course there's a trillion other things and innovations that can, that can come from these DAOs, which I, you know, I'm clueless as to what's to, what's going to be the next big thing, but it's exciting nonetheless. Well, you know, I, I wanted to touch on something that you uh, alluded to, uh, you know, during that description of, you know, the early days of Olympus DAO and how it's continued to adapt and uh, grow with its community. And that is, I think, many times in this space, because we have a very hacker mentality. It's like build first, right? And then, uh, you know, what's the other one? Uh, you 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 build the parachute on the way down after you've jumped off the plane, right? Like there's that mentality of like building, but I'll, sometimes I think we forget that we, if we want to be intentional and we want to make sure that we are capturing the imagination and adding purpose to individuals' lives and allowing them to create value in the space in meaningful ways, we need to be thoughtful about how we develop an organization. And so sometimes what I see is projects spin up and then they build out narratives and then they go, great, let's go. And it's like, well, hang on. Who's creating this project? What are their core beliefs? Because whether you choose to agree with that or not, the core values of the people that are starting a project are going to influence that project down the line. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, let's make sure that we are purposeful in terms of setting our direction. Like, who are we? Not just the individuals that are part of this project in the very beginning, but also what does this project stand for? What are we trying to build? Because if you are thoughtful in that way, people can clearly say, hey, I'm raising my hand because that is representative of who I am. That aligns to who I am in, in real life. And I want to be a part of that and I want to create value in that space. But if we are not mindful of that early, then we risk inviting everyone. And I think, uh, Fatty Bags, you said something that I am going to echo here. You said not everyone is a valuable contributor. And I agree with that because we can assume that if we are here to serve everyone, that we're going to serve anyone, right? So we need to be thoughtful about who we onboard, uh, who we are. So people that identify with that, can then add value and be a valuable contributor. But I think that if we are thoughtful in that genesis point, in terms of the point of yeah. creation of these DAOs, we can be uh, uh, create a more meaningful and uh, experience for people and then create a family around us, to your point, much, much earlier uh, on in this call. Yeah, you nailed it, Humpty. Like, honestly, man, that was spot on. It, it, if you start, this is something I've, I've echoed throughout the halls of Olympus for a long time, and I will continue to echo until I am buried in the ground very deep uh, or burned, however you guys want to look at it. Uh, it got a little dark there, I apologize. <laughs> um, but <laughs> with that, uh, you know, if you don't start with a solid foundation, you have nothing at the end of the day. Right. And uh, that speaks to your point, Humpty, is that the foundation is built uh, via the core values mm-hmm. of the individuals who help construct the building. Right. So 
that's a huge point. And I think you nailed it perfectly. It's you have to make sure that within that ethos, everyone's aligned uh, or at least very similarly aligned. It's very hard to get 10 people in a room and have them all agree on everything. Uh-huh. But, you know, that's just life. Now uh, we're apes. We're very once removed from the apes. So that's that's OK. We understand that. But it's how how do those individuals interface with one another and, and solve those differences? Uh-huh. That's the other magic. So great foundation, solid individuals with aligned perspective, viewpoints and, and innovative thinking. And then from there, you have a safe platform to mm-hmm. begin to to try to change the space. Yeah. So yeah, you nailed it, bro. Thank you. Um, well, let's see. So in terms of the framing of the discussion that we've had so far, and uh, I guess my next question would be, what is the direction that Olympus DAO sees in its future, both in terms of how the product will continue to evolve and how will that also continue to adapt and grow in its community initiatives. Where Olympus would like to be is, I think <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's just one word. It's everywhere. And, you know, I, I kind of, I'm saying that facetiously, but I really do mean it. Like Olympus wants to be uh, basically used as currency in Every, you know, every DEX, we'd love to be on 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 CEXs. Um, we want to be used as treasury holdings, you know, for people. We want people to be able to take loans out with it. They already can. But, you know, in a, in a very safe and and um, reliable way, I think that the future of Olympus people need to realize is not a hedge fund. It's not a managed treasury. It's a reserve currency that, you know, is for all and and kind of like and something that you said before I wanted to I wanted to echo was that um, something that I forgot to mention is that is that DeFi Olympus in, in specific, but also DeFi is meant to give people who do not have opportunities to participate in the mm-hmm. traditional financial markets in that it gives them the opportunity to do so. And I think that's really what we're gunning for. Mm-hmm. We want people who, you know, who maybe are unbanked, who who couldn't get a loan from a bank, um, you know, maybe because of, you know, some some mistake or 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 something happened in their past and now their credit score is is wrecked, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, they might be they might be great and awesome lenders, but but they're, you know, they just can't get access to those innovations we want to we want to be able to help people get ahead in life stay away from from traditional banking systems who don't benefit benefit them um and help them do an, educate them in a smart way you know how to how to uh integrate with defi and 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 move forward with the crypto future so that's you know if i was just going to sum it up we just want to be everywhere in the future that's that's the goal yeah nailed it yeah and then that kind of speaks to an early um thought process that i'd had uh when first joining with olympus was that you know how how do we make this something that is everywhere how do we how do we speak to what shreddy just said how do we how do we have retail adoption how do we take DeFi out of the shadows that was something that to me was like a screaming issue when i first started it was like how the how do we make this a a household thing you know like that that is a huge and i'm speaking to the space as a whole not Mm -hmm. just olympus it's like how do we bring this out of the shadows and make it something that's normal and and we give the power back to the people away from 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 banks and these other institutions that are causing uh, a lot of heartache in, mm-hmm. in in our lives and that to me is it will it is and will be an issue that needs to be on the forefront of DeFi and crypto in general uh and you do that one way of doing that and i'm not going to say this is the only way there are there's multiple avenues to make this work uh but one of the important ones um is really working on education and educating people and and i don't want to say dumbing down but simplifying is the best way to put it and, and making sure that your messaging uh, is clear and concise. Now, mm-hmm. that speaks to DeFi in a whole. There's a trillion different projects. The waters are muddy, and there's a lot of of distillation that needs to take place. Right? Mm-hmm. There needs to be key players and key positions that are taking care of key roles, and those roles need to be boosted. And they need to come outside of the static, and and they need to be on the forefront. 
Now that's happening. You see that natural evolution of a project. Um, it, when there's utility or the project itself, it has value uh, to the masses. It, it it steps ahead. You know that's why Walmart's have shut down many uh, many little small mom and pop shops. It's they're bigger, louder, and they take care of more people. Now I'm not saying that we want to be Walmart. I'm not saying Walmart's a great thing by any means. Uh, but there is parallels that can be drawn there. Um, so education is huge. How do you communicate something that is such a steep uh, curve or, or such a deep filter to have to get through to the masses? And how how do you have that uh, become adopted? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that that comes out completely from education and forward messaging, outward facing messaging, and that takes uh, the minds of many individuals. I myself, fatty bags, can't speak for an entire population of how. Uh, something should be communicated. But if I surround myself with individuals who are intelligent and have different perspectives, they're able to look at it and go, hey, you're missing this point. Or, hey, you've been in this space too long, dude, and this shit's too easy for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, Joe Schmo over here doesn't even know what the fuck liquidity is. So you mm-hmm. need to step it back a bit. So there's those those considerations have to be taken. And that's something I think that we overlook as individuals in this space is it's a very small bubble. But it feels like the whole world is <laughs> is revolving around what we're doing. Yeah. And it's easy to get lost in that. Like, in, in my opinion, it's very easy to get lost in that and just assume that people are on the same level as as you or I might be on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a pitfall for a lot of people, especially from marketing uh, sides and, and from educational sides of, of DAOs and, and in general in the space is that we have to be considerate of the the grandma who wants to get into crypto that saw an ad on Facebook, and, but we also have to be considerate of the shreddies and the humpties in crypto who have giant rigid uh, canyon brains and and understand everything like they're just reading out of a book. So looking at those demographics and how we portray and how we voice that communication, I think is key mm-hmm. uh, to how we involve communities and how we keep communities educated, engaged. And then on top of that, uh, you know, how you build them and continue to build them and, and gain these followings of really dedicated and loyal and lovely people. That's a wrap. I truly hope you enjoy this conversation. If you'd like to learn more about Olympus Dow, go to olympusdow.finance and on Twitter at OlympusDAO. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. Please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcast. And stay tuned for our next discussion. 